0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cinnamon rolls and chilli on a crisp November day. In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way. Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans. The Bosco boys are thankful for our die bonehead fans. boys it's turkey time boys boom the boys are back and it is time to talk about a big one folks an absolute big one k-state west virginia but before we do remember we are sponsored by manhattan brewing company we still have one more Big time game that will be under the lights of Sunflower Showdown next Saturday and the entire, basically the entire basketball schedule. So every time you go into Manhattan for a K-State game or for any reason, stop by Manhattan Brewing Company to get one of their usually double digits, all sorts of different beers on tap plus four packs and crowlers to go. It is the best tasting, most refreshing craft beer in the entire state, and I think entire region. I love them, and you guys should too. So check out Manhattan Brewing Company the next time you're in Manhattan. And if they're not in your favorite liquor store, you tell whoever's in charge of the craft beer selection. They need Manhattan Brewing Company. All right, before we get into Coach Kleiman's press conference, once again, a big shout-out to Drake Cheatham, who was named the Big 12 Newcomer of the Week, and Julius Brents will be down in, I think it's Birmingham, Alabama, for the Reese's Senior Bowl. Uh, Julius Brents got that invitation, which is absolutely great for him. That is massive for his NFL draft prospects. Um, You know, I I think... uh, Probably over the next couple days, you might see a couple of the other seniors get some of those a little less notable ones. You know, there's, you know, the uh, Shrine Bowl, there's a couple others, uh, but that's the big one. That is the one that all the draft gurus go to. The Senior Bowl is a massive one, so that says a lot about uh, what some NFL personnel think about Julius Brintz. Let's get into Coach Kleiman's press conference. Let's just get into it. he was asked kind of about the game plan against Baylor. And this is exactly what we talked about in the game review. He said that they executed perfectly. The entire game plan was to dominate the time of possession, be efficient in the red zone and not give them third and short and fourth and short, make them try to convert third and fourth and longs and they executed it perfectly. You could tell right from the jump that the game plan was to possess the ball to convert on our own third and fourth in shorts and really suffocate, just be a python on that game. Uh, We got confirmation that Kobe Savage is out for the year. I believe it's an ACL. They did not confirm that, but I think it's an ACL. Uh, Kobe Savage done for the year. We got confirmation that Adrian is not out for the year, but he will not be available this week. Uh, Chris Conn says, Will is the guy. It is his football team. Everyone knows he's playing at a high level. He gets to play close to home, playing in West Virginia as well for the Pennsylvania native. Um, He clarified later in the the press conference. uh, He was asked, hey, will, will Adrian be ready for the KU game, the bowl game? And Chris Kleiman, I think, let's, let's say, hey, probably the bowl game. So I don't think Adrian Martinez is going to be available for the next two. Probably the next three as well. If we're saying uh, a bowl game we're in, we'll see um, what sort of, I mean, what sort of role Adrian might even have in a bowl game. But it sure sounds like it is Will Howard's team. Uh, for for the foreseeable future. So no need to have those quarterback controversy conversations. Uh, it is only, well, it sounds like Jake Rubley's the number two quarterback. And uh, yeah, I mean, th- that's your one and two. Huh. You got to feel for Adrian. I feel bad for Adrian, man. Uh, again, I, I said it on the podcast uh, yesterday. Even if Adrian was good to go, I, I think it was time to go all in on Will uh, so you feel for, feel for Adrian losing out on the last couple games of his regular season uh, due to injury, but hopefully we're kicking the crap out of uh, some SEC team in the Sugar Bowl so we can get Adrian some snaps in his final game as a collegiate athlete. I'm going to say this. I love Adrian Martinez, what he was able to do for us this season, putting his body on the line. Uh, I will always love Adrian Martinez. Um, talking about uh, seeing Garrett Green for West Virginia says that they're expecting a lot more quarterback run, but really it's hard to tell uh, what what we'll see from West Virginia because all of his snaps was during an absolute rain downpour. Um, I don't know if Neil Brown's come out and said it, but I, I think it's going to be all Neil Brown. Uh, Coach Clement said he he's expecting to see two, maybe even three quarterbacks. No, I think it's going to be Garrett Green from the start, and that's all we're going to see. I think we're going to see a lot of quarterback runs, so we're going to have to be assignment sound in this one. Talking about West Virginia, talks about how well they play at home. He said they was happy for Neil Brown, getting that win over Oklahoma. They're chasing bull eligibility, and they have a lot of great uh, seniors playing on senior night. Says it's going to be a four-quarter fight, just like all great Big 12 games. <laughs> Isn't that the freaking truth? <laughs> no, I mean, again, when West Virginia and Iowa State are probably your worst teams in your conference this year uh, – And those are going to be absolute dogfights. I think it does say a lot about the depth of this conference. Um, Said they're going to, with Kobe Savage out, they're going to be moving a lot of guys around back at safety. Said we're going to see a lot of sincere Mason playing safety, that strong safety. Said that's where he started his career at K-State. Said that we'll see TJ Smith and VJ Payne playing as well. Uh, Really, I think it comes down to, okay, instead of having six guys, uh, you have... Uh, five guys to play three positions I think a lot of them Especially uh, Sincere Mason Especially Josh Hayes um, Who him and Echo Boydo Were shouted out Said that they were good to go They'll be practicing on Wednesday uh, I think Josh Hayes and Sincere Mason Really have a lot of Positional flexibility And can be at really All three of those spots So you're going to then depend on VJ Payne and T.J. Smith to back up all three of those guys. So um, it sucks to have Kobe Savage out for this game, but I'll feel, and this is not to be shade, this is not supposed to be shade being thrown at T.J. Smith, but I'm going to feel a lot better if we see Sincere Mason back there with Drake Cheatham and uh, Josh Hayes. Uh, they said Coach Kleinman says that we will see a little bit more zone than what we have been doing in the past because Kobe Savage is out and West Virginia has a deep collection of wide receivers and he thinks that's the best way to attack them. I mean, we'll actually see if that's true. I mean, he could just be tossing that out there. Who knows? Uh, you know, Chris Kleiman has no incentive to say, yes, we're going to be playing it. Honestly, I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised that Chris Kleiman straight up said, yeah, Adrian Martinez is not playing versus West Virginia. If I'm being 100% honest, I'm surprised he didn't smokescreen it a little bit. uh, Because he he doesn't always tell the truth in his press. He either is straight up lying or he's telling the truth too much. He's being too open and too honest in his press conferences. There's almost never any in-between. There's almost never any in-between. I mean, we, we saw it. With Will Honus, we saw it with Sean Robinson. I mean, it it was until they were, until they, you know, had their names taken off the official roster on the website, he was still saying, oh, yeah, they're week to week and all this type of stuff. And then sometimes he's way too honest with, you know, what's going on in the locker room. Uh, Chris Kyman's an interesting guy when it comes to his press conferences. Uh, We'll keep moving on. Uh, this was the first time, according to Chris Kaman, this was the first time since the South Dakota game that Daniel Green was able to practice all week. So I think that definitely corresponds with how well we saw Daniel Green playing versus Baylor. Uh, he's healthy, he's feeling better. Um, I don't know how you can, I don't know how you can recover from torn cartilage in your ribs that fast. Uh, But, hey, if that's the case and everything is good to go, because that was allegedly the injury he sustained back in the TCU game. Uh, But, hey, whatever. If he's feeling good, if he's rocking and rolling, uh, we saw glimpses of, like, best defensive player in the Big 12, Daniel Green, last week. And if you can have that level of Daniel Green coupled with Austin Moore, I feel a lot better about any game that we're rolling out and playing. Uh, As I mentioned, it sounds like the hope is Adrian will be ready for the bowl game. Uh, There was a question about this being the first game this season. Will Howard is going into knowing he's the guy. Chris comments said, hey, it's not really going to change anything about his preparation. He has known he was going to be the starter a handful of times the previous two years. He knows how to get ready for games. He knows how to... Uh, you know, warm up, all that type of stuff. He's played a lot of football. Says it's not really going to be much of a worry for him. Uh, when talking about Deuce Vaughn in the passing game, he says he's not going to talk about it. He's not going to say what it is uh, that tipped them off to this. But he said, depending on how different teams play him, that is going to defend or that is going to dictate how. They use Deuce Vaughn in the passing game. He says some teams are going to double team him. Other teams are going to try to go man on man with the linebacker. And he says when they're going man on man with a linebacker, that's when he's going to get involved in the passing game, and that's when we're going to see a little bit more of Deuce Vaughn on the boundary. He made that poor—I don't know if it's a linebacker or safety—but he made just an absolute fool out of that Baylor player on that touchdown that he had. So. Uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping that teams moving forward try to go man-on-man with a linebacker. Let us get Duswan's space, and let's just hit some home runs. Let's just see some fireworks. Uh, like I said earlier, Echo Boido and Josh Hayes are ready to go. They will be practicing on Wednesday. That is great news. Um, you know, the, the Josh Hayes one, everyone was so frustrated because they wanted the substitutes to come in. They wanted... Um, the backups coming. Chris Kleiman was asked about that. And he said, "Really, the only one that they wish they would have done differently was getting Deuce Vaughn out a little bit earlier. But a lot of stuff dictates it. Hey, are the backups? Did they travel? Are the backups dealing with injuries themselves? Are the backups that traveled? Are, are do we really trust them to get out there and play a bunch of snaps?" I think Chris Klyman, I think he's full of bullshit. I think he, (laughs) so I think this is one where he was lying to us. I think he got caught up in the moment, got caught up in the game. Football coaches are notorious for kind of having their blinders on. I personally think that is just what we saw happen, but hey, according to him, there's a lot of different, a lot of different things that can uh, lead you to not making the substitutes to ice out the game as early as some folks wanted. Um, he was asked specifically about the lack of tackles for losses, and this is something we talked about in the game review. Chris Claman said, "Hey, just because you don't see a bunch of sacks and tackles for losses, um, doesn't mean that the blitzes didn't work and the front, you know, the front five, front six didn't work. That's exactly what we talked about in the game review. They were assignment sound. The blitzes were to fill gaps to keep." baylor's quarterback inside the pocket and to make sure that their running backs couldn't hit home run plays so that is exactly what we called out exactly what we talked about on monday you know we're not we're not like football big brains or anything but we're not idiots here at bosco's boys either we're not jimmy you know we're not you know we're not football coaches but we can see a well-executed game plan and diagnose it at times Uh, there was a question about Uh, There was a question about Adrian Martinez and his, uh, you know, not cooperation, that's the wrong word. Um, You know, just – Yeah, is cooperation the right word? I don't know what the right word is, but just about Adrian Martinez since he knows he's not going to be able to play. But he's been in every single quarterback meeting, all the offensive game planning meetings. He's been involved in everything despite knowing he's not going to play. Uh, There's a lot of high praise for Adrian as a quarterback and as a leader. Um, Some questions about DJ Giddens. He said that DJ Giddens is finally ready for a bigger role and that he has a bright future in front of him. So that DJ just needs to remember, he's a good running back and he can move a pile. And we saw that. I mean, we saw DJ Giddens. We saw the best game of his career. I'm betting we will see some early snaps for DJ Giddens versus West Virginia. And I think he might have a pretty big day versus KU down the road as well. So I love hearing some praise for DJ the Blue Jay uh, Giddens. Final uh, question, or it wasn't the final question, but the last really piece from the press conference that I took notes from. Uh, when talking about Will Howard and the progression he's been able to make, uh, it, this is the line we've heard a couple times this season, that the game is truly just starting to slow down for Will. Uh, Coach Kline credits Coach Klein. Uh, making us move a little quicker, get to the line of scrimmage a little quicker so that Will can make reads, so the staff can make audibles and give them a little bit more time at the line of scrimmage to diagnose everything before snapping the ball. That is the kind of uh, something that I probably didn't give enough thought to uh, when we made this change, you know, we're not snapping. the it, we, we are snapping the ball more. We are, we are playing more plays, 100%. We, we have a bit, a uh, lot more pace than we had last year. Granted last year, it truly was one of the slowest teams in football. But the big difference, you know, it's like a second here, a second there. It adds up over the course of the game. But it really is getting out of the huddle and seeing the diagnosis. We saw a lot, and and really, it it was like this uh, versus Baylor in Texas. We've seen it just slappy in the face, exemplified the last two weeks. They will break the huddle, you know, with 28, 27 seconds left on the play clock. But it's still not getting snapped until it's under five. They're taking at times, and we've seen it the last two weeks, close to 20 seconds to kind of sit back, look at the pictures, see what the defense is giving you, and then going. I like that. I like that a lot, so I'm glad they made that change. Before we get into my rants and ramblings about what this game means, we have once again teamed up with Charlie Hustle to bring Wildcat fans the freshest game day gear around. Whether you're living up with friends in Aggieville, going to a away game, or holding it down in Bill Snyder Family Stadium or the Octagon of Doom, Charlie Hustle has the best K-State gear for you and your squad. Shop online at charliehustle.com or visit the Kansas City store on the Country Club Plaza. It's also available in select retailers throughout Manhattan. Shop Charlie Hustle's K-State collection today. All right, we are back on it. The, the number one thing, and it, it's been like this all season, getting to Arlington. We had a one-game reprieve where we did not control our own destiny. But it is back. There's a chance we could clinch our bid to Arlington on Saturday. But we control our own destiny. No matter what happens outside of, you know, our games, if we win the next two... We are going to AT&T Stadium to get our rematch with the TCU Hornfrogs. Frogs. It's as simple as that. You can win the next two games by one singular point, And then you'll have a one-game playoff, a one-game scenario to bring home a trophy we haven't had since 2012. It's actually a new trophy. Completely redesigned trophy. And I don't like it. That's okay. I mean, it's all right there for the taking. Again, because of the nature of this season, this do-or-die nature, this is now the most important game K-State has played, you know, since 2014. And it's setting up what could be an all-time type game in Manhattan that Saturday after Thanksgiving. But we'll talk about that next week. We're not worrying about it right now. But it's absolutely massive. You know, we're back in the top 20. All the advanced metrics, all the computers, all that type of stuff, they actually really love us. You know, we're we're anywhere between 9 and 15 in a lot of these, you know, resume banked uh, base rankings and these computer polls and all this type of stuff. K-State is a legitimately good team, folks legitimately good team and you can't ruin that by losing to West Virginia now I think this game is going to be way trickier than a lot of you do I ran into this on Twitter I think that a lot of folks are thinking all right Neil Brown he's about on his way out. Shane Lyons, the AD, has been fired at West Virginia. Neil Brown's going to be next. Well, first off, I've been predicting all season long that they were going to fire Neil Brown after we beat him. So, I mean, look, if it happens, then then just call me Nostradamus, baby. Uh, But it, I, I, I think that they're going to... Unload the clip, not in their foot. I think we're going to see trick plays. I think we're going to see them break out all sorts of stuff. It is senior night. West Virginia plays very well at home. I I think this is going to be a tough one. And look what happened after our three biggest blowouts of the year. Blow Missouri out of the water, you lose to Tulane. Blow Oklahoma State out of the water, lose to Texas. So I I am a little worried. I don't think I I don't think this team is looking ahead. I don't think that's been the issue with those three games. Ultimately, we've seen how good Tulane has t- turned out to be. We I mean TCU is going to be sitting in a in a scenario where if they win out, they're going to the college football playoff. And Texas. Regardless of what you think about Texas, on paper, in the computers, on the spreadsheets, they're a top 10 team. Now they're doing Texas things by losing games in stupid fashion. I get it. But they're a very good team. West Virginia does not belong in that same barrel with those three teams. Everyone was pissed off about the two-lane game, but I, I think we've come to see, all right, they're a very salty team and we didn't have our A game. That shit happens. West Virginia does not fall under all this. It is good as West Virginia is at home and as good as their quarterback looked last week versus Oklahoma. They're not that they are not on that same level. They're not on the same plane as Tulane, as Texas, as TCU. You know, I, I think the only team worse than West Virginia is Iowa State. And Iowa State was able to get a dub over them, I believe. No, West Virginia beat Iowa State. I can't remember who beat who. I don't remember which one of them won. But they both suck. They both suck. And, and that Iowa State game was a knockout, dragout fight. Now... West Virginia's defense is nowhere near on the level Iowa State's is. Iowa State has the second best defense in the Big 12. But West Virginia, I mean, they have a quarterback who can take off on a broken play and score a 60-yard touchdown. They're giving you different problems. It's going to be a tough game. But it, it is such an important game. And it's going to be a game that is going to consume every ounce of my being from the moment I log off work on Friday. It, it, it's, it's an absolute, absolute must-win. You can't this this cannot be the game you lose. It's a big one. So I mean, so let's go to Chris Kleiman. I mean, this would be his chance to his probably last chance to even things up with Neil Brown, the guy who was the finalist with Chris Kleiman for the K-State job. You know, he's currently 1-2 and versus West Virginia. Even that up. You know, break this big, long losing streak in Morgantown, West Virginia. And again, start to make some of these naysayers look stupid. There were so many folks after the, the Tulane game and even after the Texas game and TCU game that were just talking about what is Chris Kleiman's ceiling. And I was even talking about it on this show myself. In the two regular seasons we've had at K-State, Chris Kleiman has gone 8-5. and five. This would get us to 8-3 and three regular season, right on the cusp of... Of that 9-win threshold, that first time that we've had 9 wins since 2014, and Chris Kleiman's first time getting to that 9-win mark at K-State. It's that little half step. There's all these different steps in college football. You know, I, I think the, the first step, bull eligible, getting getting to 6 wins. Then it's, you know, uh, you know, a half step up to 8 wins. And then it's a half step up to 9 wins. 10 wins is that next full step. And every win after 10 is a full step. Conference championship game, that's two steps up. Uh, New Year's Six Bowl berth, that's a step up. A b- uh, New Year's Six Bowl win, that's two or three steps up. Playoff, etc., cetera, et cetera. So Chris Kleiman has kind of been sitting on that eight-win half step. It's time to get to that next little half step. And getting there is all doable in the next two weeks. I think Joe Klanderman, this is another big one for him. And why it's a big one for Joe Klanderman in this defense is they're starting to get all sorts of praise. They're starting to put up these performances that line up with the best defenses in the history of K State football. You know, holding FBS teams without touchdowns. We have two shutouts. And this West Virginia team is more than capable of big plays. They're more than capable of putting up points. Now the hope is that the offense will be able to take care of things as well. But if you put together another dominating type performance, you win this one going away, look, you're just notching more holes in the belt. I'd absolutely love to see it, and, and let, let's talk about the hundred-pound, you know, a hundred and eighty-pound elephant in the room. The man wearing eighteen, Will Howard. This will be the first time all season where he's going to start, and he knows about it going into the game. He still has those demons from the last two two years, just kind of peeking around the corner. You know, it's the closest he will get to downtown, Downingtown, down, whatever, Pennsylvania. It's still like a five or six hour long drive. But I would imagine he'd have, you know, a nice little cheering section for him in Morgantown. Can he keep this unworldly pace going? No. I would gamble a lot of money that Will Howard does not keep this 62% touchdown rate going. But he doesn't need to do that. He just needs to continue to make the smart reads, make the smart plays, and put us in position to win. Not turn the ball over. Be confident. I think we're going to see it, folks. And I think that this will be another game where Will plays well enough that we're just sitting here and saying, hey, look. He is the guy, not only for the rest of this year, but for next year as well. I think we're going to see a big performance from him. What about Deuce Vaughn? All this talk... I even brought it up last week. Is Deuce Vaughn even going to be the first team All Big 12 running back? There's two of them. Is he going to get one of those nods? You know, having another massive game, not only through the air, but running the ball as well, will go a long way for some of these awards. Can Deuce have, you know, a big next three games? He's not going to find him. He's not going to go to New York City for a Heisman vote or for a Heisman finalist, but can he get back into the Heisman odds? Can, can he go to FanDuel and, and and get a bet on Deuce Vaughn? He'd probably have to have a couple pretty big games, but we know he's capable. Julius Brents just got the call to the Senior Bowl. Can he show that up? Can he continue to build on his draft stock? What about Felix and DK Uzama? One tackle last week, no sacks. No tackles for losses. You're going to have a quarterback with a little bit of happy feet. He's going to want to take off early. Can Felix not only beat his man, but then beat you know Garrett Green back to the line of scrimmage in a foot race to get that sack? We're in big-time players need to make big-time place uh, territory. And again, I'll just repeat it because it bears repeating. We are two games. We are two games away from clinching our spot in Arlington no matter what. If we win at 1 o'clock on ESPN Plus on Saturday, there's a chance that by the time you go to bed on Saturday, we could already clinch that position. Absolutely massive game. Let's move into the Keys to V. Keys to V. We got two from the Boneheads. Mine as well. The first one, don't over pursue, keep everything in front of you. Uh, that's Mike Smith. I absolutely love this one because it goes back to the game plan you had versus Baylor. Now, I think there's going to be more opportunities for sacks, for tackles, for losses uh versus West Virginia. I don't think you have to completely kind of say, all right, hey, we're winning the line of scrimmage. We're not going to let you get biased. We're not going to let you get around us. I don't think you're going to have to go full, you know, picket fence like you did versus Baylor, but you do have to keep everything in front of you. You have to be assignment sound because, again, we saw this quarterback who won Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week last week, first time ever getting real snaps, big-time snaps. We saw how electric he can be running the ball and we, we, we saw him pass it around in a, basically a monsoon as well. They have a nice collection of skill players. It's senior night. It's a tough place to play. You're going to have to keep everything in front of you. And like Mike said, don't over pursue. Play your assignment. Play assignment sound football. I love that one from Mike Smith. Shout out to Mike Smith. The next one from Chef. Chef coming with the research. He says, get chunky. Chunky, chunky on first and second down. West Virginia got the upset at home over Oklahoma by forcing them to try to convert long third downs. Oklahoma went one of 13 on third down. K-State needs to keep it third and manageable and convert. This is a great one. This is a great one because if the upset bit is going to be on, it's going to be West Virginia trying to force three and outs, going to try to get the ball away from us and probably try to boa constrictor the ball a little bit themselves. So staying ahead of schedule. Being successful on first and second down to make it so you're not going to have to push the ball downfield for 12 yards to pick up the first down on third down. To put yourself in position that if you don't pick it up on third down, you can go for it on fourth if you want. That's what this offense needs to do. Absolutely love that one from The Good Chef. Great key to V. My first one... Don't look ahead. I know it's cliche. I know it's cliche. But you have your trophy game next week versus KU. In what is turning out to be one of the most expensive tickets in Bill Snyder family stadium history. You hopefully have, in just two weeks, a trip to Arlington for a rematch versus TCU. The rematch that you desperately want. Albeit you'll be down Kobe Savage and down Adrian Martinez for that. But it's the rematch that we all want. What we all were saying after that game is, damn, I hope we get another shot at TCU. I don't know if they were looking ahead when they played or uh, Tulane. I know they weren't looking ahead when they played uh, TCU or Texas. But we have seen after our two best wins, our two blowout wins, laying a bit of an egg the next week. That's even unfair. That's even unfair. But you lost the following up those big wins. So you can't look ahead. You have to be all in on this week. It's the cliche. You have to go 1-0 and in this one-week season. I think they'll do it. But I think it's going to be a lot tougher, a lot closer than what folks think. And my final one is be the definitive winner on special teams. That means being perfect in the kicking game. When you have to punt, punt it well. Go track down their ass and knock them out if they're going to try to return a kick. Get a punt block or a punt return, kick return, block a field goal, something like that. I want to walk away from the game on Saturday and say without a doubt, definitively, zero doubt in my mind, we won the special teams. That's what I want to see on Saturday. So those are our four keys to be: Don't over-pursue. Keep everything in front of you from Mike Smith. Get chunky on first and second down. Uh, West Virginia got the upset over Oklahoma by forcing them to convert uh, long third downs. Oklahoma went 1-13. K-State needs to keep it third and manageable and convert. Number three, don't look ahead. Got to take care of business. And four, be the definitive winner on special teams. Before we get to our pick them I'm going to give a shout-out not only to our friends at 1012 Network, but to Sports Drink as well. 1012 Network, it is a collection of some of the best Podcasts in the world You got all sorts of team shows Including the raspy voice kids The West Virginia show Hopefully going to hear from the raspy voice kids On the Thursday whip around tomorrow Um, Also tomorrow we'll be going live 7pm on Spotify Live. Uh, but the Ten Twelve podcast, the best Big 12 podcast out there. Midwest Madness, a podcast dedicated to Big 12 men's and women's basketball. Check them out today. Pick them as back. Pick them as back. And we both bounced back a little bit. Uh, I went 9-6. So did the Boneheads. I have a cool 150 record. The Boneheads, 97 and 53. They are within striking distance after my absolute collapse two weeks ago. Let's get into it. Texas going to Lawrence, Kansas. All right, folks, I I know no one wants to cheer for KU, or most of us don't want to cheer for KU, but hey, look. if, If they rock chalk it up, if Brian Henney and the boys... Lance Leopold and the boys, if Brian Henney is rock chalking up another KU victory, getting them to seven wins, not only do we get to make fun of Texas, and I'll say this, when it comes to football in this conference, when it comes to overall athletic departments in this conference, Texas has literally tried to end us as a Power 5 school. They have literally tried to relegate us and they've been sketchy as hell about it. Colluded with the SEC to try to burn the Big 12 to the ground. I'm never rooting for Texas. But if KU pulls it off and we beat West Virginia, boom. Done, dusted, book your trip to Arlington right now. It is a done deal. Boneheads were can. Conv- conflicted they went Texas 57% but I'm going with it I'm I am going with KU I will hope my brother rushes the field for like a 5th time at the KU uh, at uh, a KU game Texas is 9 point favorites that is 230 on FS1 TCU heading to Baylor, and that's the big noon Friday game, kicking off at 11 a.m. TCU only two-and-a-half-point favorites at Waco. Boneheads big on TCU, 83%. I also have TCU. Texas Tech going to Iowa State. Iowa State three-and-a-half-point favorites, but the Boneheads are going with Texas Tech under the lights, 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. I'm also going with Texas Tech. I want to see them win. I don't want Iowa State to even have a shot at getting the six wins. I want them to have a losing record. So I'm going with Texas Tech. Final game and what could be the last bedlam in Norman, Oklahoma. Oklahoma State going to Norman, Oklahoma to take on the Sooners Cowboys versus the Sooners. Boneheads, 69, a very nice 69% with Oklahoma State. I want to go with Oklahoma State, but we've only – We've only gone head-to-head one time. I'm going with Oklahoma. They're also favored 7.5 points. Uh, USC at UCLA. They're calling it a sellout, but they're tarping over 20,000 seats, so it's not really a sellout. USC at UCLA. Boneheads going with USC, 65%, so am I. Utah at Oregon. Boneheads and I have Oregon in a close one. Stanford versus Cal. Cal. I think they call this the game. It's kind. It's it's a little bit of a rivalry week this week in the Pac-12. Um, I'm going with Cal or so the Boneheads. They both suck, so it doesn't matter. In a close one, we got Iowa at Minnesota playing for the Floyd of Rosedale, I believe. Uh, Boneheads going with Minnesota, 55%. So am I. Uh, rest of the game's not even close. Illinois at Michigan. Uh, everyone's going with Michigan. Ole Miss at Arkansas. Bonehead's big on Ole Miss. No, I'm going to go woo pig suey. I'll give you guys another chance to uh, pull one close with me. NC State at Louisville. Boneheads have NC State. I'm going with Louisville. SMU at Tulane on a Thursday night. Thursday night football. I'm going to watch that instead of whatever the NFL is doing on Amazon. Uh, Boneheads have Tulane. So do I. Only a three and a half point spread. Western Michigan at Central Michigan. That's your Wednesday night matching game of the night. Both of us going with Central Michigan. UTSA at Rice. You guys know I love to put the roadrunners in here. Uh, We're both going with UTSA and the big one. The battle for John Brown's noose. Or sword or something. Something to do with John Brown. K-State at West Virginia. Can K-State win for the first time since 2014 in Morgantown, West Virginia The Boneheads feeling confident 96% of you going with K-State I think this is going to be closer than any of us would like Like I said But I am going K-State 27 West Virginia 24 The spread on this one has gotten all the way up to 7.5 points After opening up at 3.5 Lots of line movement all on the Cats Whew. Take a deep breath in, deep breath out. It's gonna be a big one, folks. Remember, we will be going live tonight if you're listening to this on release day, seven p.m. on the Great Spotify Live. We'll be talking about the K State men's basketball win at Cal. We'll be recapping the K State Oakla or yeah, excuse me, the K State Baylor game. And then we will get predictions from the Boneheads for K-State West Virginia. We'll have the Thursday Whip Around Show for you guys. So you can listen to what all of our great friends have to say about this game and games across the Big 12. You'll get a recording of the live show on Friday. Guys, I'm nervous. Oh, feels so good. Feels so good to be nervous about K-State sports. <sighs> That's all we have. Check out Manhattan Brewing Company. Best beer in the entire state of Kansas. Check out Charlie Hustle. Currently wearing a gray and navy Kansas City shirt. Or sweatshirt. So comfortable, guys. <sighs> I hope you guys are as nervous as me. (laughs) Uh, Otherwise, I'll feel like more of a spaz than I already am. So for every single K-State Wildcat who has won a Big 12 championship, for my dog, Chauncey Bosco, who's been a very good boy today, despite having a lot of work at the Secret Day job and recording this episode, and for all three generations of my family who have graduated from Kansas State University, we love you guys. Go Cats. Oh, not you know we're on a podcast we're boys because I love your phone heads We're on a podcast Think about those boys because comes love Keep on heads, heads, baby Meet me at the cat Hey Podcast Network.